secret peanuts, divorced carrots, the stuff inside a balloon. Welcome to another episode of Anna McGarry Knows Everything, a podcast where I, Anna McGarry, not only know everything, but also talk about art and sometimes talk to other people. This week I'm joined by the awesome band, Tall Boy Special, and we jibber jabber baby. Um, we talk a lot about their music, their band, their process, uh, doing improv comedy, how that is super applicable, uh, a little Duncan on Jeff Bezos, we get specifically into fictional aisle and employees only, and a few other songs, just really break down, uh, what's going on there, why it's effective, why it's fun, you know easy breezy things. (laughs) We compare cats a little bit, and at long last, we have the, uh, the, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Nope, gotta keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep it fast. We have the Hubie Halloween review, (laughs) review, we've all been waiting for. I had a blast talking to these guys, and I hope you do too. Check out their freaking music. Tall boy special. I listened to all of it. If I think, if not, I'm coming close. So, yeah, they're awesome. Here we go. Woo! Good to have, have a backup. Oh, so yes. you so you didn't record all that all that gold before? <laughs> <laughs> it may not make the cut, unfortunately. Um, hi, I'm Anna. <laughs> oh, hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. I'm John. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm Alex. We're talking <laughs> <Rachel>. Nice. <laughs> I was frantically start? scrolling through the Instagram trying to figure out what name went with which, which one of you, and I, it didn't work. I didn't figure it out. <laughs> what did you have any guess? Did you have any guesses? I had no guesses. I, I kind of just, I wrote your little names down, and I was like, we'll get there when we get there. Right. Mm-hmm. They all are little names. We all have four four letter names. And Anna, is it two N's? Yeah, two N's, just the four letters. Wow. No, no, Zach's four letter name. Zach's name is uh, seven letters. Mm. Yeah, it is Zachary. Right. It's Zachary, so but it's alright. I'm casual. I'm casually Zach. Uh, so you guys are in LA. Yeah, yeah, we're in we're in LA. We're usually yeah. always together, but uh, I have I have COVID. Oh. That's fun. That's pretty cool. I'll keep you on your toes. I had COVID. Me and my (laughs) girlfriend got it at the same time. So I still have it, but I'm good now. That's good. You're on the tail end. Miraculously, we didn't get it, but we're different, you know? We were all together when uh, when I got it, but they just didn't get it. Wow. We got tested twice. (laughs) Yeah. We got real lucky. And where, where are you located? I'm in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, okay. Yeah. These are all, um, they're not tall boy beers, they're tall boy Arizonas. Nice. All I got, I got is just a large water. Um, that's a nice tall boy. Yeah. I almost, they almost didn't have any tall boy things that I wanted, so I almost, I almost got a Perrier. Mm. But I did not. <laughs> a beast tea. I found, I found a beast tea. <laughs> This Imagine if you got the Perrier. How different how different this would all be. <laughs> Where to begin? So you guys seem like friends. Like what's the scoop? 
How'd you be, what's the origin story of the friendship of the band? How did it, how did it begin? That's great. That's a good question. That's a good place to start, I think. You and John. Yeah, John, you want to take it or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry this is going to be awkward because we're not all in the same place. You want to tell the story? Normally we would, we would know like how to, you know, who's going to talk first, but can't really tell. <laughs> um, I met, I met We Zach. usually squeeze the person's name who's going to talk. Right. That's a good system. I met Jack in college. We, um, we went to Suffolk University in Boston. We all lived in Boston. Um, and we were on an improv team together. <laughs> uh, seriously, Ben, it was the college improv team. And uh, we, so we started doing improv in college together. And then we all started, well, then I, we started working at a, a theater in Boston called Improv Asylum. Mm -hmm. That's where we met Alex. And then we, we sort of just did improv and, and hung out and drank beers for like five or six years together, you know, in different, in different and lived And lived together. Oh yeah, Zach and I lived together. This is the first time Zach and I haven't lived together in uh, since 2000 and uh, what, 14, something like that? Yeah, it's been awful lonely. <laughs> uh, and and then Kagi and I were on the main stage together, so we performed like eight shows a week, eight mm -hmm. to 10 shows a week for like four or five years together. Oh wow, nice. And Zach and I lived together and, and then we and then we all decided to move to LA. And nice. we, were, we were doing some, we, we wanted to do some comedy out here. And then we did a comedy show at the Foxhole in LA. And we, uh, we did a song, we just like put a song together. And that was, and then it went really well, but then the, but that's when COVID happened, which is what I have now. <laughs> and, uh, and that, and then we just couldn't do any more comedy. So we just started writing songs together. So it was literally really not like a thing that we th thought we were gonna do, mm -hmm. uh, but it, we, our, our hand was sort of forced by the disease. Yeah. See, I was wondering if there you had that improv experience. That I got the I got the improv comedy energy. <laughs> I've also was also on my college's improv team, so oh, I'm, I'm okay. with it. <laughs> what college? What college did you go to? Marymount Manhattan College. Oh, it's I, like a two thousand person liberal arts school. So small. Right. But what was, was the name of your improv team? America's least wanted. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I, see. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever go to the, did you ever go to the uh, finals or anything? Oh, no, no, no. We just hung out at our school and we're like, guys, there's free pizza. If you want to come to our show, it's Friday night. There's free pizza. Oh. And then people would come and eat the pizza. <laughs> right, right. They would just be like snacking while you were trying to do scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that a is that a big art school? Yeah, biggest programs are acting and dance. Cool. And were you were you studying acting? Or no, dance? I'm a dancer. Dancing. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. What kind of dance? Mainly like ballet and modern, but also like I grew up doing like jazz, tap, point, contemporary, just all of them. All that, yeah. <laughs> nice. That seems that seems to be like I think you just named all of them. <laughs> I named like all the Eurocentric, all the Western forms, all of those ones. Yeah. Like <laughs> but our our improv team name was uh, Seriously Ben, so oh. I don't know if that matters at all. But <laughs> that was what that, that was our improv team name. Apparently, the improv team 
like the year before I joined or a little before that used to be called Nuts and Bolts of Comedy. And it was so awful they changed it. Nuts and bolts. I like I think that's pretty that funny. That is I mean, that's the thing. We really love the idea of improv team names. That's something that we uh definitely I think all gravitate towards. Because <laughs> it really runs the gamut of like I mean, it's never, they're never good. They're never necessarily good names. It runs a gamut of like really bad to like, oh, this sounds like it could be like a cool band or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, we've probably all collectively been on like 300 different improv teams. And I think like there's been like one name that's ever been good. Like, yeah, there's never, a, there's never any good names. I think my favorite name I've ever heard was our school's sketch team, which was Dead Rabbit Society. That one, that one hit different. I was like, that's a good name. <laughs> good name. That's pretty dark. One of my favorites yeah. was um, Doctors Don't Die. I thought that one held cool. a certain bit of respect. That's nice. Yeah, okay, uh, Alex and I, our first improv team that we were on together, it was an all-male team. What was there, like seven of us? And it was yeah, a dream. Yeah, Seven or eight or nine, who cares? And but we were called the Princess Club. That was oh. this was a yeah. So that was I thought really, was really progressive. Really? <laughs> yeah, you know, when you said it, it was an all male improv team, and I was like, these are these are synonyms you're telling me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> could you believe an entirely male improv team? <laughs> I feel like there was like a resur- There was a lot of there was like a resurgence of not a resurgence, but a surgence of team names being called like, uh, like names, like people, they were like team names being called like Greg or like, they're like, Doug, this is, give it up for, give it up for Doug. Like they would all be called like human names. I think, I, as to, like that, right? I think to counteract the idea of it being like, oh, the, the smelly, the whatever, you know, like some goofy team. Ooh, name. Smelly cat, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> a friend's reference. <laughs> so, Within this newly formed band, what are the roles? Who's playing what, singing what, writing? What's the breakdown? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, there aren't too many rules per se. We all three write every song. Every song is we sit down, the three of us write it together. It's a lot of like brain dumping of ideas, or we might take 10 minutes and each go off and write jokes and regroup, and then the best jokes pitched make it into the song um, and we pretty much split up the singing too as evenly as possible depending I mean it there's really no it's not like everyone is singing the lines that they wrote we just try and divide it as equally as possible it might de- it might depend on like whether we all think it should be it'd be fun if we all sang it or the order like if there's if there's like a verse that maybe requires a little bit more ability we might give it to someone who's whose wheelhouse it might fall into a little bit better, you know? Which is Zach. Zach is the one of the three of us that is a competent singer. (laughs) So we give him all, we give him all of the hard, we give him all of the hard melodies and then we just, Kagan and I just take the the beginning ones usually. (laughs) Yeah. We just get in and get out. Right. We usually do the setup where we're like, hey, want to hear about this this grocery store? (laughs) Like, take it away, Zach, and then he thinks what the grocery store is all about. (laughs) Right. But uh, but Kagi is um, a, a, like the most skilled musician for sure. So he's got the guitar, and he will have him like throw out some 
riffs and different ideas and see what we hang on to. And then John's got the, the cajon, so he covers the, the rhythm. And sometimes uh, I bring, I have a ukulele and we'll like substitute that for like a bass, I guess. Is that what we're doing? Kind of like a, like a more of like a, a melody line. Like yeah. a, not so much, not, not so much chords, but like, yeah, some kind of melody line on top. Zach also plays harmonica on monster music. On the, yeah. The, and I just got a keyboard, so hopefully I'll be playing that soon too. When did you? So that's how it worked. Where did you get the keyboard? Uh, like, normally, I don't. Normally, I would know, but I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> I know we haven't been working together. I just found this out too. Uh, my dad surprised me with a keyboard. He just told he told me that something arrived, uh, and I opened my door, and something had arrived, and. Um, I mean, no surprise. It was the keyboard I've been talking about. Did he buy it or did he, did, is it used? No, he bought it. I mean, it's like, it's not like a, like a real nice keyboard, but it's, it's a keyboard that gets the job done, you know? Right. I think my dad seen me um, try and give up on enough instruments that he wouldn't spend too much money on something, on a, a new endeavor for me to dive into. Right. I didn't know if he like had one lying around and shipped it to you or if you bought it on like guitar center or, or something like that uh, i think he i think he amazoned it he amazoned it amazoned it it was jeff, it was jeff Be bezos's old uh keyboard yeah i'm playing, I'm playing the devil. Yeah. <laughs> it's just his personal collection what yeah. if everything what if what if jeff bezos was like a hoarder and he was just he this is all stuff he owns and he's really just trying to get he is a hoarder a hoarder of wealth. <laughs> I've heard that's why his house is so big. They keep all the stock there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, he needs a lot of filing That's why he's like, buy it with one click. He's like, you have to buy these from me. I need it out of my house. I'm begging it. you. <laughs> need it out of my house. <laughs> when, you're, when you're starting a new song, what is your starting point? Because there are a couple, like, Fictional Isle, the classic. Um, mm -hmm. To me, I listened to that song, and it feels like you guys were hanging out, and someone goes, dog eggs, and you're like, that's it. And then you formulate a whole narrative so dog eggs can be right in the center. Anything. Anything mm -hmm. like that? <laughs> you're, uh, you're actually really close on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you want to take that one, John? Yeah, you're, pre you're pretty close. Sometimes we do it that way, mm -hmm. where, like, for example... Um, the Chuck, the open mic night at the Chuckle Barn. If you've heard that song, that's like a little mm -hmm. bit of a deeper cut. But that song is is more about what you're talking about, like with dog eggs. Where if, like I'll, if you have someone has the idea that says like like that idea was literally just they weren't booze, they were cows in the audience, right? So that's the joke that you're trying to build to. <laughs> so in that instance, we write everything before that. Like, how do you, how do you build a whole narrative so anyone, so people care about uh, Chuckle Bar? Like, they're not like the fact that someone's playing the cows. The one year, fictional aisle was literally just uh, one of us came up with the idea of what if there were items at a grocery store that were fictional. Mm -hmm. And then Kagi, ironically enough, that was the first one he yeah. said. The dog eggs. Like, it was like, I said, what if they were fictional aisles at a Dog eggs, and, Kegi, and then we all laughed. And that's always usually a good sign if we all laugh because that means, it's, that means it's funny. Like, usually we have to find it funny. And if it, you kind of know when an idea has legs and when it doesn't. And so when I said that, there was laugh. And then Kegi said, oh, like dog eggs. 
and then that and then it just becomes like well let's just let's just make a list we'll do idea dumps too where if we're if we're starting a new song we all shut up for like 10 minutes and put on a timer and just write down as many concepts as possible and then i mean that's kind of like but yeah what we we're just saying fictional isle was one of those and we'll just go in a circle and read a concept and uh talk about it and laugh about it until we've run out of things to just riff on in that moment mm -hmm. and then yeah we'll go back and pick whatever made us laugh and riff the most about it but you're the, the right you're the idea of the narrative though is something that kind of gets lost not lost but no one really talks about it which is that we you don't just want to have something for the sake of itself you know you want to have like <laughs> you want to have like some sort of reasoning why you're just say, why you're saying these funny things like dog eggs so then you figure out where the grocery store is and how we get there and who we who we are to the location and mm -hmm. and then just kind of build the the non-comedy stuff from there and hopefully the comedy thing will will sort of carry it all through yeah and in that kind of narrative structure is where i was getting the most like improv comedy energy that's like okay what is the relationship who are the characters where are we what is our objective what do we want and just continually escalating and like if this is true what else is true like building on it yeah yeah that, so yeah that's actually yeah that's exactly i mean you couldn't have hit it more on the head about like because <laughs> <clears throat> you know you you don't want to in an improv scene you don't want to just have like goofy things happening you want to sort of have like a grounded relationship and a grounded scene and location and all that so that's something that we think about uh, a lot for sure mm -hmm. yeah it combination coming from our improv as well as our, our sketch background a lot of what we did in boston was was sketch writing as well uh, so the, the basic principles of keep it in the moment let's let's show don't tell see things don't just talk about things uh, we find that we found applying that to music uh, to be helpful because it also uh, takes away that idea of infinity where oh, this song could be anything now we can narrow it down. Like, what's something we can show here and now in this moment through the narrative of this of this story? Yeah, and even and even like the end of Fictional Isle kind of was something that was we were uh, talking about, which was like, well, we we literally had the discussion of like, well, if they're fake, then how do you see them? You know, you know what I mean? Like, we kind of have to keep we like to keep the logic. Uh, we like to keep it there because it, then it sometimes helps forward the narrative or helps create a more like a uh, like a third moment in the song that could go past the fictional stuff you know what I mean so we, we started thinking like well if they're fake like how could they like you know what I mean like there was a the logic if, was if, coming in play. if seeing the fictional aisle makes it real how could the narrators exactly what we bring up in the song we had a real discussion how could they have even brought the listener to the fictional aisle in the first place because it would have been factual so that's how we wound up being fake people in the end of that because mm -hmm. it had to exist in that reality. Yeah, I think like all of your songs I've listened to, there's like a really nice escalation because you start off with like an interesting concept and you're like, oh, okay. And then we're like second, third verse and it just continues to like kick it up a notch and change like where I think it's going or my perception of it as opposed to just being like the same one note the same like listing silly things the whole time mm -hmm. yeah yeah that rule of threes three beats mm. each verse is another another beat you got to go somewhere from the last one and then hope to escalate to a point where you can't go any further by the end that's a good uh i'm glad you noticed that not a lot of people not a lot of people talk about that yeah. that's the stuff that we put in a lot of that's the stuff that we put in a lot of work uh 
I think you brought up employees only when you messaged mm -hmm. us. And that was, oh, one, yeah. that was one that was like very much, we weren't right. We didn't have the ending until we got to the end almost. And I think that's a lot of our, usually the, the better songs or the songs that we find the most fun are the ones that we're writing as we go along. We have the first chorus and then we think about what the next thing could happen. And employees only, it's like, all right, well, you have this thing. Maybe if we mention Duran Duran, maybe it means that it's in the 80s and that's what the third verse is going to be. You know what I mean? So those are, that's something we definitely think about. I think that's like my favorite thus far because it's such a clear, like every single verse, there's just another level of it. And like the real, the real kicker for me is they're like, oh, happy new year. You look at the calendar, it's August. And I'm like, oh my God, they're in the future. <laughs> but then it's the eighties. I'm like, what's in the past? <laughs> yeah, you're discovering, you're, you're discovering it along with the narrators. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it feels for such like a silly, like contrived premise. It just feels so honest. Um, and exciting because like the listener is figuring everything out along the way with the information that we're given and that our narrators are getting. Yeah, right. yeah. And then we, we take you, we take you so far away from a grounded reality, and then in the end, uh, you know, we got to remind them where we've been peeing and pooping the entire time. So, just a, just a classic pee pee poo poo joke at the end. Yeah, really, gotta <laughs> have one. Well, we also, I mean, we thought like, I mean, obviously, like if you were gonna write the song. If you were like, oh, our bathroom's locked, the first thing you would think of is that you have to shit in buckets, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to earn, I mean, I feel like we all, we, we, that was what we thought of. We were like, I think we were like, well, we're there probably going to start shitting in buckets. But like, if you just said that right away up top, you wouldn't have earned any of that. Mm -hmm. but we, the only reason we did all that was so we could shit in buckets essentially <laughs> yeah you need right. the whole interlude the time travel the different dimensions for them the shit right, in buckets right. to yeah, that, really hit that home. song's actually an interesting it's really an interesting structure the whole song up until the peeing and pooping in buckets we call intro and then peeing and pooping in buckets <laughs> is verse and chorus it's actual yeah it's actual <laughs> chorus one and it's over <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite song or idea you've either like brought to fruition or something you've been kicking around? Hmm. Good question. They're all our children. <laughs> I, I mean, I really like, um, I really like employees only, but we've kind of been talking about that one a lot. The one we had recently, uh, what was 24 times on our, um, on, on our Halloween album, mm -hmm. probably the one that I've been listening to the most lately. And I do listen to all of our songs. All the <laughs> That's the one I've listened to the most lately because it was very quick in how we wrote it. And it's just very catchy. We just, I just thought that was very fun. That one makes me laugh a lot. And it's very funky. It was just that we needed an intro to that album. And we just thought of that idea. And then we kind of had the idea before we even wrote it. And so for it to come out as good as, we, as, good as it did and open the album was, was like, we were kind of banking on that song. And I think we uh, did a good job putting all of our money into that. <laughs> Yeah, I would say similarly uh, on our new album. I love the the final track. It's called the stuff. Uh, it's a it's very stripped down. It's not. I mean, it's got jokes. It seems a little bit more honest. Again, it was the the culmination of a lot of ideas that come and then we throw them away and then we we start again and then we throw that away till we land on something that we really like. And that one, as with a lot of our other songs too, we had recorded that entire song. Uh, and we didn't necessarily like how it came out, so we scrapped it. 
and and started again from the recording phase. Uh, and I just like where where that ended up. I think one of my favorites is uh, Tin Can Phone because it uh, it normally in our songs I think we're all telling a story together, but this is one mm. where it's very musical theatery where we all interact with each other as different characters, like speaking at each other, not to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I grew up doing theater. So having us write this song, each person, like having Kagi play like three different lawyers and John play the CEO, Mr. Campbell of Campbell's chicken soup um, was just so much fun uh, down to the point where we almost had like, you would imagine it would be a choreographed stage fight in the musical break. Uh-huh. So I, I love that one um, from start to finish. I think it's it's pretty unique to the other songs we've written. Yeah, that one really got me with the little twist ending because I was like, oh my God, they're so happy. Their little, their little wedding and then just ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, that was another one where we were like, well, we kind of have to have the sentiment be built up enough so when this cartoon character, this uh-huh. like Campbell's guy comes in, it's, it's uh, again, it's more earned where you're not, if you started there, I think people would turn it off. But I think if you have this sentiment up top, you're kind of wondering where the joke is going to come. Mm-hmm. And then it, it comes in the form of this cartoon uh, lawyer who sounds like Miss Piggy <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and Mr. Campbell. So I like mm-hmm. that one a lot too. And then the ending is sentimental. We really liked ending our first album with not like, any sort of joke. We just really liked ending on a nice moment. I really liked uh, 24 Times, that's the name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. I was like listening through that this weekend and right off the bat, like with a name like that, you think, okay, what's gonna happen 24 times? What are we alluding to? And then just right away, the intro, I was like, <laughs> oh, so it's a prank. I'm getting pranked right now. <laughs> like, And the joke's <laughs> on me. And then there's still a nice song after it. Just right away, that made me yeah. laugh. Like, I love art where you're like, is this, is it starting yet? Like, am I the joke? <laughs> right, right. Until you said that, I don't think I ever thought, because yeah, obviously that, that's our buddy Matt Catanzano saying Tallboy Special 24 times. Uh-huh. I wonder how many people put that together and assume the track was just someone saying Tallboy Special 24 times. I mean, but I started counting right away. I think, I, think pretty, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's pretty gutsy, though, or not gutsy, but... Yeah, we, I like the idea that we, we were not, no one knows who we are, but we, we dare to open our own album with our own name over and over and over again. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was counting along. I was like, after it happened more than three times, I was like, oh, it's going to be 24. And then I, <laughs> I, lost, I lost the count, so I had to start over. And I was like, I swear to God. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I, haven't ca- I have not counted. I just assumed... It's twenty. I mean, we, has any have you guys ever counted? Is it twenty? It's twenty-four. I'm we made sure it count. We didn't count the whole time. Well, what if you messed up? What if we weren't paying attention? <laughs> uh, no, I I did the initial mix on that track, and I had to start over and count many times to make sure that it was exactly twenty-four times. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a strong open. Yeah, yeah, we like that one. It, we were originally going to open with uh, monster music. And then after we recorded the song, we just, well, one, we loved it so much. And, but then it made, it just clicked to us that like the song is summoning, it's like summoning us to your house. So it just made sense to like open the album with almost like you're summoning us to play the rest of the album for you. Mm -hmm. We had just written monster music 
the song. Mm-hmm. We'd finished it. And that's kind of like, there's like a lot of narrative going on there. It's like the monster. And then we got to figure out the monster's pronoun. Like we got to call it, it, you know, like there was all these different things, like the town, there was a travel. So it was good to just then write that other, write 24 times because it didn't require any sort of thought. It was just like, let's just do these rap verses and get, you know what I mean? There wasn't, it was no big twist at the end. It's just a goof around song. So it was fun to just do something sillier after we'd written this like epic monster music uh, song. How long does it usually take you to write a song? I'm sure it varies. Yeah, it definitely varies, but we try to do it in, if we don't do it in one sit down, like in one session of writing, which is probably like three to four hours, then we might revisit it the very next day and hopefully finish it within the same time frame. We normally finish every song within about three or four hours. We don't want to sit on anything too long. And if we ever like start something where we're not very likely to come back and revisit it again, we'll, we'll probably just move on. Mm-hmm. So pretty much every song we've written either in one sit down or like a sit down and then finish it up the next day. We had a good routine going on our first album where we would, we would kind of work the whole week where we would meet three times because we all had jobs and stuff and we would meet. And on that third day was when we would do, when we would record it. Mm-hmm. So we would hopefully, yeah, be like, be done with everything. And from the, from the moment we sat down with the idea to Saturday, we would be done with it all. So probably like, yeah, like you were saying like eight hours or so, but split up three days, like one, one day writing it, one day writing the music and then that third day recording it. But then we got COVID. You can't do that. <laughs> we all got COVID together. Mm-hmm. We the got band. It. We got one it. of our COVID it becomes all of our COVID. Right, right. It's co mm-hmm. it's COVID nineteen. It's not COVID one. It's all of us happening. It's also co it's COVID. COVID. It's not there's mono, no mono vid. <laughs> it's not yeah. It's not me vid. It's our all it's COVID. What's your favorite part of being in this band together? Ooh. Hmm. Great question. Uh, I like that we get to. Um, I personally like that because we did a lot of stage comedy in Boston. We were doing a lot of sketch and improv, you know, all the time. And I was worried that when we came out here, we weren't going to have that outlet anymore. We weren't going to be creative. But I, so that's. I mean, I find this more fulfilling than what we were doing in Boston. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. I'm glad that we just get to do it the three of us. And there's not like a bunch of people, you know, we're just doing exactly what we, we're writing the exact kind of comedy that we want to write. Like the exact, like usually when there's a bunch of people, you kind of have to have the input of the, of the cast and the crowd and the director and the producer and all that. But this is literally just the only three people that get to decide everything are the three of us. And we're all very sense, we're all very sensibly alike, alike. So that's what I would say my favorite is. Mm-hmm. Writing the exact kind of comedy we want. Um, I would say, uh, uh, my favorite thing is, yeah, I mean, everything John said, uh, but also, um, everything from the start to finish, but, uh, I love singing and playing music and all that. And I've never, as much as I loved it, I've never even thought about being in a band before or doing a band. And then suddenly we just fell into this band because of a, a horrible situation and it's just such a like it's so much fun just to sing and jam out with your friends and then to have other people 
really dig it is very cool. And it's like our own music. It's not like a campfire jam where you're singing other people's songs. Like we get to um, showcase our own songwriting and musical abilities and people dig it. So it's, it's great. Yeah. What everything he said too. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm not going to waste your time with uh, another answer. Cause there'll be some more. No, okay. You got to an answer. You got an answer, man. Um, oh, you know, I do like, I like that it's a, an excuse to get, uh, oftentimes to get a little buzzed in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. When, That's when we're partaking. That's my answer. <laughs> yes. Is it nice having like a solid finished product that you can step away from? Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. I think a lot of people, so we were used to working in, in deadlines. We were, we were creating a, a live show. It had to be done by this date. You had, we had assignments. Um, having these finished products and giving ourselves little, these little deadlines is nice because I think as with most creative people, um, everyone's got thousands of unfinished projects, right? And we probably would be the same if we weren't giving ourselves these little deadlines. Uh, so yeah, it feels great to be done with a song. It's nice to put it up on Spotify and have a place that we can share it with friends and family without sending them compressed zip files of MP3s and stuff. It feels nice. Yeah, I got, um, I was grocery shopping a few weeks ago and I got a FaceTime from my friends and they were hanging out and they were, they were just listening to Fictional Isle and one that was just so nice to like get a call like that for them to just let me know they're jamming out to the music. But then when they saw us in the grocery store, I could hear everybody screaming, he's in the fictional aisle. And it just felt like, I don't know, it was very sweet and made me feel good. Yeah, all, all that. All that stuff. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I like, I like having albums. I always, when I first moved um, to Boston, I was trying to do like rap, like comedy rap. Zach and I one time sat down and we, remember that when we first met Zach and we tried to write the song called The Warmest, the Warmest Dude. Dude. Yeah, that oh, yeah. was one of our first. What's that? I said, how could I forget? We went, we lived in Boston and we had these coats and we I was like, we should write a rap. So I went to his dorm room and I think we were like stoned or something and we were just we were too awkward around each other. And we were like, ah, it's okay. Let's we not write it. And so I had all these ideas and I always wanted to have like an album, like with a cover mm -hmm. and like a track listing and listen all the way through. And I never got to do that. And so I'm, ex I'm glad that we <laughs> make these albums because then you get to do, not just write the songs, but then you get to decide what order they're in. And that's always fun because then you go, oh, this song opens and this song can close. And, and then what does the cover look like? And what, you know, what's the name going to be? And I just think I like the whole production. I like every aspect of it, except mm -hmm. when like a million people don't buy it right away. That's my least. I don't, <laughs> we're not big on like Mark. We don't know how to market yeah. Like we put it out and we're like, oh, this is gonna be huge. Everybody's gonna buy this. And then like, we get like a thousand streams. And we're like, that's pretty good, but like, that's not a million. Right. <laughs> and then we make, and then we spend all night making TikToks with puppets, and we wake up and it only has uh, 23 likes, and we right. get discouraged pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But that, but the, but the good part is then we still have that album, mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can always make another right. one. And then when whichever one blows up, they'll always be able to go back to the other one. Doing live comedy is fun, but if someone's like, show me what you do, you wouldn't be able to like show them a bit like, so to be able to have them just type in our name somewhere is always good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause like I've danced forever, done improv in college and those are performance arts. 
as soon as they're gone, it's over. Like as it's happening, it's also ending. And mm. like, even if you're filming it, it's never the same as being in that room, like with that energy. So I've, I feel like I've never had like such a nice little product. I feel like that must be really satisfying. And then to be able to be like, yeah. it's over now and step away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best, one of the best things is when you, when you get like a new job or something, mm -hmm. and then you're like doing your job and then people ask what you do and you can just like, you can tell them instead of being like, they could not believe, you know, they might not believe you if you're like, oh, I do comedy. But if you give them your band name, that's always a good thing when they just, when someone discovers what you do aside from how they know you, that's always, a, mm -hmm. that's always a fun little reveal. That's a, that's always a tough thing when you, when you are a comedian and someone asks, what do you do? You say comedian and they say, oh, tell me a joke, which is such an annoying thing to be put on the spot with. Uh, do you, do you get that with like, with dance at all? Do people, people find out you're a dancer and they're like, do a cha-cha yeah, or like, dance? I'm like, absolutely not. I will not be yeah. doing that. Cause it's, it's like the same thing. Like it's, it's not the right setting. How dare you? Or I get a lot like, oh, I did ballet when I was four. And I'm like, everyone did. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like how do people just love to, how, do, how can I knock someone down for telling me what it is they do and they enjoy doing <laughs> Do they ever say like, oh, I bet I would be a good dancer? No, I don't think anyone thinks they would. Because <laughs> everyone's probably. like, I quit when I was a child. And just no one knows anything about it. Like people know a lot more about comedy and music than they do about dance. Because everyone thinks dance yeah. is like just ballet. And they have a very loose understanding of what that even is. So mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I saw the end of Us. <laughs> she they're like oh like black swan or when oh, dance moms is at its height they're like like dance moms and i'm like oh, no yeah. we're nice to each other it's very different <laughs> yeah it's always it's always weird when you get like they got that. when you get people that are like oh i would be a good comedian and you're like oh well, that just seems so rude it, like <laughs> never like someone's like oh i'm a doctor i'm like oh i bet i would be pretty good at that if i tried Oh yeah, I've been thinking about getting into being a doctor. You know, I've just been thinking yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> my friends said I should be a doctor. I was pretty good with medicine. When I hang out with my friends, they say I'm a pretty good doctor. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Of all my friends, I'm the most doctorish. <laughs> if, if we're at a party, I'm the most doctor. I'm the doc. I'm the the doctor of the party. <laughs> what would you say is the worst part, or your least favorite thing to do with? being the band oh i, uh, I think i think that's really, do you have, all, a, you have an answer john yeah we all have the same answer it's it's finding a place to practice mm. was that what you guys were gonna say yeah uh, it is now i was also gonna say and we've done this a, a number of times now is we've worked really hard on a song and then we just end up having to scrap it uh but what's I mean, the nice thing about that is we all come to the decision unanimously and no one's ever left upset, mm -hmm. but it is frustrating when we finish a song or we're almost there and we're like, this doesn't have, this doesn't have the jokes per minute. This doesn't have, the <laughs> it doesn't fit our style as a band. So that's always tough, but finding practice space. Yes. That mm -hmm. is our, our most. Yeah. We've been difficult. chased out of a lot of places. Um, mostly around our apartments. Uh, -huh. uh We've had our landlord come banging on the door, uh, telling us, you know, yelling at us that it's not a recording studio. And then, so we go out to the pool to practice and then a neighbor and a balcony across the way 
tells us that they don't like our music very much and asks mm -hmm. us to play somewhere else. Mm -hmm. We've gotten some classic broomsticks to the ceiling at Kagi's place uh, from oh, the yeah. neighbors below. <laughs> yeah. And we've gone to public places like parks and there were just like two, like a comical amount of ants. Like it, <laughs> it seems like a, a problem that would be in a cartoon, but that's mm -hmm. happened where there's been just far too many ants. We, but we, we in our in Zach's apartment, my our old apartment, our neighbor upstairs wouldn't let us practice during the day because they worked from home. Mm -hmm. Then they wouldn't let us practice on the weekend because it was their weekend and they were home. So it was like you can't, so you couldn't win. You and you can't practice at night uh -huh. because it's they're not like they're not working anymore. So they need to relax. Mm -hmm. So it was like, when would you like me to do it then? So and right. the, and they kind of had our landlord in their back pocket, so mm -hmm. they could do no wrong and we could do no right. Right. They'd never they'd never personally confront us. They'd call our eighty year old landlord to do it. So that was just <laughs> frustrating as well. Because like last thing I want is uh, our landlord to have to come over and yell at us when it like is. Uh, I'd rather the neighbors just yell at us. Uh, I mm -hmm. guess is what I'm saying. But then the nicest thing that ever happened was when we were practicing on the curb in front of the apartment building and we met one of our neighbors for the first time because he came and gave us all a beer and he said he loved what we were doing and to keep up the good work and that was i think the first positive reinforcement we got from someone in our apartment building so that was good <laughs> yeah yeah and now they have a baby i don't know you don't need to know that they just have a baby <laughs> i mean that'll happen yeah. was that the follow on the street question? next thing you know Maybe yeah, baby. You, know. you gotta go home. <laughs> Did you ever consider telling your landlord when they said this is not a recording studio, just pulling up to Spotify and being like, well, actually, the thing is, <laughs> um, it does happen to be one. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, actually, yes, yeah, she called me, um, talked to me about, I don't know, she was yelling at me about something, but then she asked me how we were planning on marketing our Halloween album, and I thought that was very, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a very considerate question. Did she have any should, should have, no. should, Did she have any advice? I mean, what should we yeah. say? I don't know. Do you have any, do you have any advice for us, Inga? <laughs> and here we had a few minutes of tech issues, seven lighting changes, and then we were back on track, baby. The second act. Right, let's start over from the top. The second yeah. act. Yeah. All right, everyone say your again? names. <laughs> from the top. Oh, I have a question that I'm sure is on everyone's minds. Who's the tallest boy? A lot of ways you could take this physically, emotionally, energetically. You don't have to tell me which, mm. just. Wait, we don't have to tell you to, the answer. Just think nope. about it. <laughs> this is an, an, you have to an tell me in what context yeah. you're answering. Oh, I don't know. Well, physically, it, it, John's yeah, the tallest. Physically, okay. physically yeah. I'm the tallest by, by like an inch. Uh, then it's Kagi. Eggy six or four, right? And I'm a hair shy of six three. Oh wow, that really is a tall band. We are nine. We like to say we're nineteen total feet. We all stood on each other's shoulders. <clears throat> um, emotionally, who's tall? Hey. I don't know who's tall emotionally. What does what does emotionally tall mean? Yeah, I'm not sure what that what the connotation of emotionally tall is. Yeah, I don't know if I'm emotionally tall. I'm emotionally growing. To hopefully to be as tall as possible. You're having an emotional growth spurt. I, <laughs> I am. I'm taking it day by day. I would say we're all like emotionally disproportionate. 
if there's emotionally strong and emotionally tall, probably our, our emotional strength doesn't match our emotion, our emotional height. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna really yeah. dissect this. Uh-huh. Emotionally, we're three kids in a trench coat. Yeah, um, but you, we still appear tall. Emotionally, about six feet, maybe. All put together, yeah, give or take. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Emotionally, okay. yeah, we're av- the average, whatever the <laughs> national average is. <laughs> right, right, right. We're emotional. We're emotional growers, not emotional showers. Right. I'm also you have to take a, a different, a different <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> I'm having a, I'm having a baby soon, so hopefully I get to be emotionally. Grown. What? Yeah, Wait. dude. I'm having a baby. Like the neighbor. Uh, so hopefully I get to be emotionally tall soon before the baby comes. But if not, if not, it'll just grow up with an Im- immature dad. <laughs> and this isn't just taking the neighbor's baby. This is a separate baby. Separate, whole separate baby. Okay, it's I just, just checked. It's going like, to look like me, hopefully. I'm going to look like my girlfriend. Nice. It's going to be the second That's baby exciting. in all of LA. Yeah, it's exciting. Now we got to get rich and famous so I, uh, so I don't stop doing this. <laughs> Do you purposefully surround yourself with other tall friends to just like keep the power dynamic similar? Because I've noticed I'm usually the tallest in my friend group and I like it that way because it makes me feel in charge. Mm. How tall are you? I'm 5'8". That's pretty tall. Emotionally as well? Emotionally, maybe a 5'7". That's close. That's pretty That's proportionate. <laughs> we, only, we only really hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, we do have a lot of tall friends. Yeah, like back in Boston, we have some tall, we have some tallies. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, that might be a subconscious thing Mm -hmm. that we all seek out people who are also tall. I've never thought of myself to like distrust anyone short, (laughs) but I do find that a lot of my friends are tall. I have plenty of short friends too. It keeps my posture in check. I'm really yeah. bad with my posture, so when I'm around tall people, I'm reminded uh, to stand up straight. I also, I also think that uh, that tall people don't ever mention us all being tall. Mm-hmm. And when we hang out with short people, they sometimes go like, "Oh, you guys are all pretty tall," and that's always like, you know, let's move on. So I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like we don't just. So I feel like with the tall people, you get to the point quicker. Because we're not talking about. You don't waste so much time. You don't waste so much time. Oh, look how tall you guys all are! It's like, yeah, yeah let's mm-hmm. get to the let's get to the meat and potatoes of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, height. The discussion of height truly is the like the talking about the weather. Yeah. For for other people. There's no new ground breaking ever. You know what is, no. you know what is, no. you know what is funny though is I remember like I always hated when people would comment on how tall I was not hated it but it just is like it gets like they think that no one's ever brought it up before yeah and then I remember I met someone who was like seven foot feet tall like I saw them in a club or something uh-huh. and I was like I ran over to them and I was like oh my god you're so tall and I think it's just a man I think we think that it's boring but then when you see someone taller than us like if we met Shaq we would be like oh my god you're enormous. Yeah. Like, I think it just depends on how tall you are. Yeah. The other day I saw a man so tall, he had to duck to get off the subway, to get off the train car. And I was like, I was watching from a car away, like across the platform. I was like, I wonder if he knows how tall he is. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get well, up there and tell him. 
He, yeah, right? As if he, yeah, that's how he finds out that he's tall. You break the news to him. <laughs> but it, there is a point, and I think we're like, we're not quite there, although some things aren't built like properly for us. But I think there is a point w- you can reach in height where the world is no longer like built for you. Yeah. The world is like an inconvenience for you. Right. I remember the first time I realized I was getting tall is when I, I domed myself off the top of the shower getting into it because we had like a, a shower door and a top part to it. And I was getting in it the first time I ever cracked my head off the shower. And I was like, huh, look at that. You domed, I'm growing. You domed yourself? Yeah, is domed yourself not a good term? No. What are you talking about? Is saying on a podcast I domed myself in the shower not appropriate? <laughs> I remember when I was in like sixth grade or something like that, we had like a height chart and it was like, and then, I mean, I always knew I was taller, but then like, it was literally like John and then like a cluster of, of like dashes right here. And that's when I was like, Oh, it's, this is going to be like my whole life is just like away from <laughs> Like there will be like, uh, like where everyone walks and then like the, my, like over here and it'll, I'll just always be like, you know, an outcast. <laughs> I also think the, the worst the worst part of um tall conversation is when you see someone after a long time and they always they always say um at least for me I think you've gotten taller and it's just because I haven't so I, I don't know what to say I've never come up with a witty response so I always just go no and it just feels bad I feel bad saying it but it's true I've, not, I've stopped I've, I always I always just say that I did yeah, that's yeah, that's a good way to get past it. Yeah, I'm always like, I don't know, I haven't been to a doctor in a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess I'm still at the age where conceivably I could be growing. I'm not. Like I'm 22, I'm not growing anymore. You know, it's over. Right. But no, I, I get that. Anytime I come home, my mom's like, "You're taller," and I was like, "Mm-mm, nope, it's still me." Possible. <laughs> I remember a very specific point. I think it was when I was like starting high school. I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you're like this tall. Looks like you'll probably be about like five, six max. And I was like, I don't think so. I was like, I think I'm going to be like five, eight. And then I did it. So, you you willed it. I willed into it into existence. Yeah. Doctor. Me and my dad, who's six, three, we just made it happen. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Next thing I wrote, they're so like jumping around. Any musical and or comedy influences yeah i'll uh just who oh look at the kitty playing with a pumpkin this is my kitty oh yeah we got kitties galore over here i love cats so much i (laughs) (laughs) a lot of kitties in our lives music or comedy influences i don't know i don't know if it's an influence but i love uh the band cake Mm. i think their lyrics are always so like a lot of times when I'm listening to music. I'm not necessarily listening to the lyrics like intensely, but when it comes to that band, like I think everything they say paints such an interesting picture uh, that I am like, would like that to be the same case for somebody listening to our music. I think if you can listen to it and zone out, that's great. But if you also are fascinated line by line throughout it, then that's even better. Thanks. Good answer. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks, buddy. 
Um, you want me to go next, Keggy? Yeah, you go for it, because then I'll, I'll, I'll be, my answer will be yours, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dave Matthews Band. No, I'm just kidding. That's not mine. That's Keggy. Keggy likes Dave Matthews Band. I do. Come- uh, I think, like, comedically, I probably have more comedic uh, influences. I'm a big fan of the uh, original Kings of Comedy. That was, like, the first stand-up special that I got into. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, you know, I liked, I like, uh, there's comedians that aren't really appropriate to say that you like anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you gotta, uh, <laughs> so I used to like Louis CK, not, not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that was a tough journey to go through because you're like, oh, he's so funny. And you're like, oh, <laughs> everything else about him. <laughs> right, right. And you want to stay, and you know, and you want to stay, you want to stay ahead of the history. You want to stay on the right side of it. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I'll say Louis C.K. is my biggest influence musically. <laughs> That's my answer, Keggy. Nice. You sure you want to copy his answer now? Yeah. Keggy? Now, now I don't know if I want that to be mine too. Bill Cosby too. Mm. Nice, nice. Really nice. back myself, back myself into a corner here. <laughs> you have to say, you have to say the exact same answer. Um, yeah, I'm, I really like. Um, I mean, I've always really loved singer-songwriters as like their own genre of music. Uh, like people like Ben Folds or like Regina Spector or people that put a lot of focus on their funny or quirky lyrics. Um, I think like Connor Overs of Bright Eyes and James Mercer of The Shins are like two lyricists that stick out in my mind a lot. And so it's a difference between music that's like, oh, it's really licensable. This could work in like a, in a soundtrack, kind of like what Zach was saying. Or is this music that kind of, makes you listen to it like do we do i want to hear these words do i want to re-listen a couple times do i want to try and pick apart what this metaphor is which i don't think we do a lot of metaphors but and then yeah louis and bill cosby whatever <laughs> <laughs> i i also um actually a real answer would be that i remember when i was younger i got a, a blink 182 uh, album it was the mark tom and travis show it was like a live album mm -hmm. it was like on a cd or whatever and I like that a lot because it was like the first time I heard like a live album and they had a lot of like bits, like a, like a lot of comedy bits inside of their, in their set. And they would kind of change the lyrics of their own songs to make them funny. And I just thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty, like I always like was pretty influenced by that because it was kind of serious music, but it was kind of funny. And then they also like made fun of themselves uh, while they were. Yeah. If I Had a Million Dollars by the Bare Naked Ladies is the blueprint for any comedy song you want to write. Oh, I was scrolling through the band Twitter, and I I saw you guys watch Hubie Halloween, or purported to at least. <laughs> um, Hubie Halloween thoughts? Uh, yeah, I loved Hubie Halloween. I <laughs> Classic Sandman. I think, yeah, I think honestly... I fell into that mindset for a while where Adam Sandler's movies, obviously like they're, they're for a different audience. Now they're for younger kids. And I was like, Oh, the Adam Sandler makes bad movies, but I don't know. I think, I think you just got to lean into what he's doing. If you want to have fun, like it's a, it's a choice whether to have fun or not have fun watching Adam Sandler movies now. And after his stand up special, 100% fresh mm -hmm. and also uncut gems, 
two things that I think were just incredible to experience. I was all for a bad Adam Sandler movie again. So I got a bottle of wine and I just laughed really hard alone watching Hubie Halloween. <laughs> I did not watch Hubie Halloween. Not for any other reason than I just don't, I don't watch any movie really. So I don't, mm-hmm. it just like. So why start now? Watch, if I'm not going to watch any movie, then why would I watch Hubie Halloween? You know what I mean? I saw Uncut Gems. That was cool. But like, <laughs> but like you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't watch enough movies to, to waste. I not waste. I'm sure it's fine, but I don't watch bad movies. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any movies. So well, I don't want them to be bad when I do watch them. And when I do watch them, I ask too many questions anyway. I don't get movies. <laughs> I, I don't get any of them. I don't get it. I never get it. I don't get why they're suddenly in one place and another or like why they're doing the thing that they were supposed to do or who that guy is. When I watched Uncut Gems, I didn't know that the girl that he was dating worked at the fucking jewelry store. <laughs> I was like, why does he care about this girl? And then Zach was like, oh, that's his girlfriend. I was like, from before? That's the same girl? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've never been more blown away. John's an incredible storyteller, and I've never seen someone struggle, someone who can tell stories as well as he does, struggle so hard to to follow a story while watching one in a movie. It's always entertaining. We were watching Green. You ever seen Green Room? No, I haven't. It's like it's. I mean, it's. I don't even know what it's about, but it's scary, and it's. And I was like, about like an hour and a half in, I was like, oh man, I wonder when they're gonna tell us why that the meth heads are in the the place mm-hmm. and zach was like they did a long time ago <laughs> there's like, meth in the place. like that's the whole setup of the movie i thought there was gonna be a big reveal about why the meth heads were in this place and he's like no they told us that a while ago so i just try to st- i try to stay in my own lane and it's not watching movies or television <laughs> my issue with movies is i can never learn a character's name so unless they're on screen like being pointed at or they're always described like Debbie, the lawyer. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> That's why. I like or if it. their name is Hubie Dubois. See, that is one I could I could hold on to <laughs> somehow. <laughs> you know what movies I would probably like is like the Expendable movies because I know who all those actors are. Mm-hmm. I know who Jason Statham is. Like I can I'll, I'll be able to follow it because I know them all. But if it's just like one famous person and a bunch of unknown people, I just don't. I never knew who they are. Yeah, or if just if two people have the same color hair, I'm out, I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go take a tour of the aisle, shall we? They got loud baloney, dog eggs, and a jar of celery farts. I end every episode with like any self promo you want to do, and then uh, you can each pick like some separate work of art or artist that you like and just want to give a little shout out to. Ooh, nice. <laughs> cool. And we can go as big as that one. Yeah. Shout out to Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think I speak for us all as far as promotion goes um, by saying we have the Halloween album out. Uh, it's only going to be relevant for like another week, so people should go listen to that. We have COVID, so people should definitely go check that out. <laughs> and we're, I don't know, oh, we're going to start doing, um, we're going to do a live show soon. We're going to do a live stream show, right? We talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, we're going to try to do more live streams and stuff like that. Um, in lieu of a shout out of an artist, because there's, I mean, there's plenty that we would love to shout out to, um, I would like to tell everyone to go out and vote. I don't know when this podcast will go live. It might, it might be past that point. But it's probably going to be past that vote. point. Everybody go vote. <laughs> go vote. Well, I, I hope you voted. <laughs> you better have all vote voted. <laughs> oh, and then artists, artists we like. Do we have any friends putting anything out right now? Yeah, go check out our friend Matt Catanzano has a show called Deep Cuts. Where he play, he watches horror movies with his puppet and talks about the, the plot of the movies. And, he, uh, and check out a podcast called Late Fees, uh, where he talks with another guy about uh, some, uh, some more movies that people like. I'm sure they'll talk about, they've talked about Hubie Halloween before. <laughs> so there you go. Cool. And uh, check out Zach's Instagram. He has a bunch of folk songs that he puts up. They're cute. Yeah, uh, Zachary. Yeah, Zachary underscore Barker one two three. I think that's it. And check out uh, Kira O'Sullivan's TikTok at Kira Jane O. That's where a lot of our uh, a lot of our songs are featured on there. Us practicing in the other room while she's in grad school. And check out my baby. I'm having a baby in twenty weeks. So check that out. <laughs> oh TikTok. That was the other thing I was gonna ask about. How's how's the TikTok going? <laughs> so which one of you has <laughs> the girlfriend in question that made you everyone's favorite TikTok boys? So that's my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh some attention. So then every time that we were practicing over here, she would she would record a little bit and then we would kind of start to like time it out with when releases were coming out because I mean it is it is pretty real and organic that we're that we're practicing or what we're like at a certain point when a song is written uh, and then that's like our kind of debut to the world or seeing it through that that context of us rehearsing it and our own TikTok page we're really trying if uh, <laughs> yeah. If there's one message we can get out there about our own TikTok, you know, we're filming. Apparently, there's a lot of stuff with the algorithm that our phones are too old to get. Yeah. Um, we're just we're doing our best to make uh, entertaining TikTok content, but um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do better about that in the future. I just watched your uh, TikTok for clothes, and I thought it really sparkled. Oh, I, no. I really liked that one. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. We're happy to hear that. Yeah, because we've been getting not, uh, not such good traction. Uh, but we also, it's helped admittedly, don't know how to use the app. So, right. We, we edit our TikToks on iMovie. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think we're, um, we're not very knowledgeable about the app right now. <laughs> There's a <laughs> Douglas Adams quote. Uh, which essentially is like all the technology that came out when you were young is like awesome and amazing and you can get a job in it. And like after a certain age, all the technology that comes out is like garbage and it's sinful and it's the worst thing in the world. And I, I feel like I hit that age, but I hit that turning point like really early in my life, which isn't a good sign. <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Right. Exactly. Exponential growth. Well, this was fun. Thanks for having us on your podcast. Yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a great time. Yeah, nice to meet and talk to the tallest boys. 
because like I knew you guys existed through like girlfriend in the, in the kitchen like chopping her little vegetables and I was like what's going on in the background that's pretty fun I don't know if I was going through like my saved TikToks or something I was like I need to figure out what this band was because this really made me laugh and then I was like oh no like they're not gonna they're not gonna answer me whatever like uh-huh. and then I found you guys on Instagram I was like oh they have 3,000 followers they could answer me <laughs> they might actually get back to me <laughs> We can get back yep. to you. Yeah, we love talking to people. <laughs> yeah, I got hit with we, the immediate yeah. like Instagram follow back, and I was like, this, this is a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah let, let us know if you ever want to have us on again. This was cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. And hopefully, I'll learn how to do Zoom better. <laughs> and it'll be less glitchy, and maybe we'll get the lighting right in the first try. Who knows? <laughs> all right, we're all learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let me think. I, I also need to pick an art thing. I, oh, I'm one chapter into the book Catch-22 and already very funny, very, very strong open. So that, that'll be my little recommendation for the week. <laughs> oh, I might have oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll pick that up in my local library when I don't have COVID. 